shit. Oh, yeah, if you got tiny children running around all over the place. They're, they're what do you mean running around? All the time. They would never do shit like that. <laughs> never do anything fucking <laughs> completely destructive. And like open shit. Like just like I'm gonna fucking take off all my clothes and here's a brush and I dare you to stop me. I'll throw myself down the, the stairs. Last picture I saw of him was him in the dishwasher. So you know what? Well, in between that, there was one where he was covered in lasagna. And another yes. one that I took of him, like on the stairs, like I chased him all the way over to the fucking stairs, and I get up there, and he's like, like eighty percent up, and he just turns around, and he's like, "Fucking caught me, bro!" Me. Like, what? The, what? I was just in the kitchen, and you were there with me, and now you're you're fucking gone. Shit, he's fast as shit. All right. There are eleven whiskeys here. That's a lot. Should we take some out? No. I mean, it's it's going to be about a 45-minute hour-long show. You've got Highlands. You've got Speyside. You've got Blended. A lot of Highlands, actually. Yeah, and that was kind of what was exciting, I guess, right? Balvany ton is here. No, I didn't because well, I didn't know if you want to talk about how expensive it is. It is fucking expensive, but that's, I mean, it's which two balconies. No, it's fine. I like those two. Great. Um, and then the 21 year, which I don't know. And then for repeated stuff, we really just have the hard bag. And we can talk about how there are there's peat influence in yeah, yeah well, menagerie for sure. Schmoky. Devron. Okay. It's cool though. We're we're so Isla heavy all the time that this lineup is probably pretty see great. This, but bigger. <laughs> Whoa! Oh my head's dry. <laughs> Doesn't do it for me. No, me either. Well, we are recording, so whenever you want to do the, uh, the intro. The hinterlands. hinterlands. I feel like I'm in the fucking hinterlands right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, man. This, I mean, the room is very, very clean and very dry and very cold. Okay, let's do it. Let's warm up. Let's fucking yeah. Uh, whiskey roundup part in. Part in. Part in. Okay. Welcome everybody to Bar Talk, the Spirits and Beverage Podcast at reliefandresource.com. Dot com? We're not yeah. Dot yeah. Com. We're at Relief and Resource, we which is a dot com and also a real place in Fenton, Michigan. <laughs> it's really cold in the uh, in the bar slash studio today, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a little frozen. I'm John Foley, the owner and uh, host of your podcast, joined, uh, as always, by Mark Miller Hello. and Courtney Booms. And we are doing part one of the 2021 Whiskey Roundup. So touching um, on some of the products that came across the bar this year or that we really kind of focused on this year or just acquired for our back bar this year that we think are excellent. Um, this is a big episode. The follow-up will be a big episode. So we chopped it into the two big categories that represent most of what we tasted new this year, which would be uh, today's scotch. <laughs> and next um, episode will be bourbon and rye. So you kind of can't really do these these episodes without chopping them up into those two It'd categories. It'd be a two-hour long one yeah, just it'd be a lot. Drunken menagerie yeah. of, of whiskey menagerie. and there, And we have a whiskey call, call menagerie, menagerie today. We yeah, do. So, which is good. Look at that segue. So <laughs> if you're tuning in um, off our social media or, or or otherwise, and you don't know that we're produced by iLogic Media, please check out their stuff. Lots of good uh, content. This is a big time of the year for sports, and they do a lot of sports content. So if you have that interest or uh, want to see what else they do, please look into it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yes, yes. You're good. You're That's ready. a beautiful intro. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cold, but I'm ready. 15 <laughs> episodes, and you nail every single intro. We never had to restart. I feel like it's before. really, it's like the most important thing I've got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice, <laughs> a one intro. Mark, yeah, it'll be a little cloud. 
yeah. hanging over me if you had to do the intro twice. Like you saw the video where the guy from, I think it was ABC 12, interviewed me about like the speaking. Yes, he was doing like, a, like, a local, like a local business thing. And Very he's, chipper he, dude. he's extremely chipper. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. And we got in and we did this whole like in, intro where we're like outside and we're walking through the, um, the Pringles door. And I'm, I've got this little script I'm supposed to hit and he's got me mic'd up. And then we walk through and we walk in behind the bar, cameras on us the whole time. When we're talking behind the bar, we're starting to like, you know, really get into the meat and potatoes of it. And it's like, all of a sudden he's like, shit, my mic's not on. I'm like, that's cool. I I you were a professional. Do it all over again. And yeah, so it's a mistake. But you can see, I think the, the most unprofessional thing about the whole thing is my face in the <laughs> actual thing that got on TV because I'm over it. It's like, it's like yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's great. It's a speakeasy door. It's awesome. Let's walk in. And I was trying really hard to be nice, but I was also really mad that I had to say all of it all yeah. over again because I felt like I was really – my first takes are my good ones. Yeah. yeah. After that, yeah. it gets it gets really bad. You can't yeah. think about it too much. You're much more <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a fly by the seat of my pants intro guy. All right, so let's get into this because we've got a lot of um, a lot of malts here. We've got mostly going. single malt with the exception of um, a couple of our, our, our compass box friends. So – I don't really know how to attack this if it's um, if it's distillery groups maybe because we've got um, a couple bunched in here, mm-hmm. or just, just want to do the high. Let's let's start with an oddball, I guess. Like I, yeah, something yeah. that we didn't expect because we know representing um, our bag and Balvenie and you know William Grant that we're gonna taste. Uh, well, Balvenie is William Grant, but we're going to taste a lot of great product we know from them because yeah. we know these places based on the reputation. But one of the items that we didn't really expect to try uh, this year at all and didn't expect to like nearly as much is this little guy, this uh, the Deveron aged 12-year single malt, uh, Highland single malt, not Speyside. Correct. Uh, we tasted this when our uh, – well, it's owned by the Bacardi Group, so one of our reps came in and was ostensibly talking about some other things but happened to bring this – and another whiskey that we're going to taste in a little bit. But uh, and you and I tasted it first. Yeah, yeah. Courtney, I think you're either working that night or you're working the next day and work here. Or she came in. She might have come in after you left. Actually, it was a weird day. But um, we were excited to share yeah. this with you. And then we put it on the shelf and it's been doing pretty well. We haven't had it that long. No. Yeah. Only like a couple weeks probably. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you like about the Devon? Aside from it's really pretty uh, sea glass bottle. Yeah. I it's love it's a very sexy bottle. It I is. Um, to me, I like it because, I mean, generally Highlands are known for being pretty mild, maybe not as much as mild as like space size, but, you know, pretty mild, pretty accessible. The Deveron, though, has has some has some balls to it, I will say. It's got uh, <laughs> it's got some kick, for so sure. Cereal grain kind of giving yeah. it a ton of body and robustness. Yeah. Um, I love it because it's like it's it's quintessential Highlands with those notes that you were just saying. Which is also just super interesting because you said it's owned by um, Bacardi, which is it's John Doerr and Sons, I think, is their branch. That's the Scottish branch, you yeah. might say, or the, yeah. their whiskey branch. Yeah. Like, I mean, Bacardi's a big, it's not, it's not like just Bacardi is there. Like, they have a whiskey branch, and that's what they're, right. that's, that's not part the of the bigger organization. Yeah. Overall umbrella. And that's from the McDuff Distillery, which is one of the more uh, recent opening distilleries. So it was opened in 1962. Um, which is pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. Late coming. But delicious, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, it's it's kind of front palate loaded. It's got yeah. a lot of like grainy spice. It finishes nice and easy and lean. It, and that's where you can that's where the age comes through for me. Is it's like it's still a younger whiskey, but the cost of it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And 
it could be a really cool uh, kind of jumping off spot for, for people who normally drank, like, say, like Glenfiddich or Glenlivet and want just a new dram and you know, want to kind of keep spending the same kind of money that they've been spending. Here's what it says on the back of the bottle. When billows break and har goes in, then hasty home or some bit warm. Unwind with toasted grain and apples, seaborne spice, calm from the storm. Oh. So it is up by the coastal line. It's like it must be, yeah. the yeah. square of Speyside. It's just to the right of that. So if you're looking at a map, it'd be uh, what northeast of Speyside, but still on the water. I suppose so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to say this to people: then hasty home or some bit warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <laughs> just at the end of the night. You don't have to go home. You don't have to hasty home. <laughs> But, but find, your, uh, find yourself another warm bit other than ours. <laughs> All right, let's let's do the next one because we got lots of bottles to get through. What do you want to do? Overture. Huh. I think the um, I think these classic malt releases probably should go till the end um, yeah. because okay. they are they are stronger, and that's maybe just for our sake, but Delicious also um, they're the newest. I think so. Yeah. That yep, 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 yep. It, it, there's still a good chance for people to get those. Um, let's do the blunts, I think. Okay. Um, because we always seem to include something from Compass Box in these end of the year. They're just so badass. Yeah. Like, how do you not include them? And Compass there's still Box so many people who don't know about Compass Box. What? Mm -hmm. They need to come in and get educated. They do. Yeah. Do you have anything on the um, on the history of Compass Box? Um, I don't have anything on the history of Compass Box. So you guys might have noticed I didn't pour a drama myself for the Devron. I'm working later, so actually saving my drams for those. Oh, yeah. Oh, my fair. Yeah. Pours. So Compass Box is um, is a blending house. They source whiskey from single malt distilleries all over Scotland, and then and then combine them and and put out very unique blended blended malts. Um, these are a little different. The Menagerie was something we got at the beginning of the year. It was extremely limited bottling. Mm -hmm. uh, straight from the back, 40, 42% of it is from Mortlock, which is known as the Beast of Dufftown, uh, a Highlands single malt distillery that creates very, very big-bodied and rich, um, rich whiskeys. They are known for being kind of some of the richest whiskey that comes from that area. And we're looking to get a 13-year-old Mortlock from them in the next couple of weeks, uh, cast strength, yeah, mm -hmm. which should be amazing. And then Deanston uh, at 17% and nearly 17 for Highland Malt Blend, so they're, they're, it's undisclosed where they're where they're actually taking it from. And then Glen Elgin makes up about 18% in a recharge barrel and a refill sherry season, but Glen Elgin has become, for the Highland stuff, a, a, a definite touchstone malt for Compass Box. Like they use they Glen really Elgin a lot. It, yeah. yeah, and then Lafroy uh, produces about 5%. So um, Menagerie is really, it is from all over. It's, it's a menagerie of grains and malts from all over Scotland to create a really big, mm -hmm. rich Body premium. Rich. Yeah. yeah, no, that's the artwork on the front of it, obviously, is very telling of the, the style that they're going for with that whiskey as well. Yeah. They it should be noted, too, um, the guy behind Compass Box is John Glazier, right? Glazier. Formerly of, yeah. um, of Johnny Walker. Of Johnny Walker, mm -hmm. yeah. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. And they've used some Johnny Walker, you know, if not specifically Johnny Walker products, it's already blended, but a lot of the distilleries that they enjoy too. So like Cardew, for instance, is one of the main ones that they use. Yeah. And I've seen Compass Box draw from on, on occasion. Oh, one of my favorites, and I think it's, I, it might actually be the next one, so I'll, I'll try to remember to save this comment, but there's a really funny comment about where one of the whiskeys is from. 
in this one? Well, no, and the next one that we're uh, going to do. So you can gain all this information, not even by looking at a bottle. Compass Box is extremely transparent. So you can go on the website and click on any one of their whiskeys. It'll give you a really, a really down to the numbers breakdown from, you know, where it all was sourced from, how it was aged, how it was blended, how it was put together. And that whiskey is, I think it's one of the most elegant uses in a blend of peated whiskey. So it's the Freud, right? Only 5%, Five and but and you can smell. Yeah, but I it's, can it's, smell it. It's just kind of like lingers in the background with a little bit of that smoke, but it's not super aggressive. It's, it's really awesome. Candy's mint candy scent, which is really weird to me. I hope it's not because I'm just drinking coffee. But... <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> the body is really silky and smooth. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why the smoke kind of hangs on the finish because it's it's a pretty yeah. elegant and lean whiskey on the palate. It reminds me of like a, a the lean and elegance of a Japanese whiskey, for instance. Oh, uh, yeah. Sweeter. Sweeter. Because you get a lot of honey or maybe honeysuckle, but it's definitely honey. What's yeah. the difference between honey and honeysuckle? Honeysuckle is a flower. Flower, man. Yeah. yeah. And you can drink the nectar from it. It tastes like honey, but it's ridiculously floral at the same yeah. time. So I didn't know if the florality is coming from that or something else. It's amazing. And this is a treat yourself whiskey as well, isn't it? It's not cheap. No. Yeah. It's not cheap. Yeah. We were, um, I think we were one of the only bars, if not the only bars you get it. And we're working off of just over a half a bottle right now. So if you, if you hear this or see it, I would get it now or, you know, around, around the holidays because that bottle will dip. I'm sure. That's something I think this line of specifically, there's a good kind of, it spans from very affordable to maybe a little bit of a more treat yourself kind of realm. Of sure. Which is all cost. relative, right? Because it's scotch. So it, right. it, scotch is still more expensive than any other kind of whiskey, mm. except for maybe Japanese right now, at least in our market. But, you know, scotch cheapness is relative. Yeah. Bourbon cheapness is far cheaper. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes with aging as well, right? That Devron is 12 years and you said that's pretty young in my head. I'm thinking but Drinks for young. a bourbon drinker, that's insane. No. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And well aged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got bourbons that can't even keep up a 12-year age statement. Like, Elijah Craig hasn't put that on their bottle in years. In a while, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the Scots, they're very patient people. You know? yeah. Whereas <laughs> us Americans are like, woohoo, let's go! Drink some bourbon! <laughs> well, next big thing, right? So, like, it, it takes it takes a lot of care to put a new single malt mark on the, on the, on the market. Yeah. And there's, not that it doesn't take care to put bourbon on the market, but there's a whole lot of really young bourbon yeah. on the market right now. And I think... Right. I think we're still seeing people's palates change and people's palates adjust and ebb and flow with that because, you know, young and super high alcohol kind of is the same driving force between like behind like, you know, super sweet pastry stouts, sure. essentially. Yeah. Like they're super Triple strong. IPAs. They taste, yeah. 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 So there's a Lots lot of, of that sugar. right now. And I think in scotches, at least in this bar, seen a lot of success, I think because it runs contrary to that. Yeah. And there's only so much super hot, and corn that you can that you can drink yeah because like everything tasting like that sweet and lean at the same time but some bourbons to me as you guys already know are like sickeningly sweet and sometimes i think it's because of that young flavor that they're trying to kind of mask out of there and all that barrel yeah and all that yeah. barrel yeah. Yeah. yeah so both of these have a nice refinement to it i guess absolutely yeah should we talk about the artist blend yes this is cool I'm excited this is that. really cool yeah this um so Artist Blend has been something that Compass Box has used under the Great King Street label to denote a Highland-style blend. And it was a product that they would put out uh, almost really for bartenders so that you could use Compass Box yeah. in a drink Cocktail. and not have it be super expensive. And that was, you know, our cost in the $30 a bottle. So this is Artist Blend uh, Scotch Whiskey Single Marion Cask. bears the Compass Box label. 
in the shorter bottle. And the way I heard it, as far as Michigan goes, there was one Marion casks worth of liquid that was on our market. And we tasted it before we committed to it. And then you had to commit to X amount of bottles and then you would get it and it would be bottled for you. So essentially the best accounts in the state shared this Marion cask, the way you would bring a single barrel or a store pick. So we didn't pick it. Compass Box released it to the market and then said, Hey, you know, who wants would it? You like this? Yeah. What, what people want to get in on this. Uh, we were the only bar offered bottles of the artist blind Marion cask. So if you want to drink a dram of it in a bar, you have to come here. We got a good chunk of it. It's, been an amazing surprise in yeah. terms of how how well it's uh it's working do you do you want to talk about the marion cask because it's cool mm -hmm. and it's it's or do you know or did i should i talk about this one go ahead okay from what i know this is an older practice that doesn't always get done now like if you buy a single malt or excuse me if you buy a blended scotch it's blended from variant single malts right blended bottled sold this technique says that you should you know put it all into one cask and let it marry together and let it kind of sit together uh for a while and then release it so allowing the flavors to integrate while also sitting on the wood and that's what was done uh here so it almost acts closer to a single cask like a single barrel release but with sure. those blends being added prior yeah right the ferment process is like the, the one that's the kind of diverted so the people can see and that little if they're watching the video too, yeah Just for Michigan. Man, it's 21st of January, 2020. 21st of January, 2020. So married for maybe six months. Yeah. Yeah. Before it actually bottled because we got offered this in November. But it's a sherry barrel that it's been married in, right? You so you're six months of sherry influence? No, some of the whiskeys in this were done in sherry barrels. Some ah. weren't. Some were just, you know, uh, okay, good. That's spent, what, spent bourbon. Why don't you talk about it? Yeah. 100% sherry. <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't all sherry. Yeah. And this is one of the ones when I uh, when I looked at what was in it, it said um, X amount of percent of whiskey from a distillery near the town of Aberlour. Which so maybe is so is maybe <laughs> just Aberlour, but they're not saying it. Um, there has been releases, I believe, from them that said uh, you know, distillery in Isla, when you know a lot of people knew that that was Ardbeg that was actually in the. In the whiskey. So I mean, now that you say Aberlour, like, after tasting it, it apple. tastes Could, like Aberlour. Yeah. Aberlour <laughs> yeah. tastes well, like apples. Yeah, and Glen and some of the other things that they, they put in their whiskey. But this is automatically yeah, some richer. This is less floral than the Menagerie, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. A little bit sweeter. Super good, though. Yep. Doesn't have the Wisp of Pete that um, the other one did. I think mm -hmm. what I like about this getting it as essentially a store pick or a portion of the store pick is that it is nice and complex and really rich, but it has a lot of very accessible flavors. So if you're yeah. new into scotch and like you might want to try this because I think it'll be playing on a lot of levels that you find attractive. Some more of those baking spice notes and, and citrus notes that yeah. you might enjoy out of uh, bourbon and rye, but still yeah. quintessentially grain. Malt. Yep. Right so come in, and, come in and get some. Get it while it's hot. And I think it's, I think it's uh, retailing at like seventy bucks a bottle. Really? If you were okay. to go out and find it, I don't yeah. know who all got it. I, yeah, I don't know who bad. got it around here. But mm -hmm. It's a real nice one. Price point wise, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's up next? Put it on your knee. You know, don't bounce too hard by the fire. <laughs> Sit there in your rocking chair. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Sing it to sleep. Do you bounce your whiskey on your knee like a baba? I don't. Sweet. I don't. There's there's kids' toys all around. (laughs) (laughs) If I attempted anything rash, except for sitting still, (laughs) it would get spilled. (laughs) Cool. All right. So we've covered. Yeah, we've covered. uh, A good scope. Compass box. I think maybe those two at the end because these are we just got these two. Sweet, sweet babies. And they're really, really fun to say. Hold this one up first. Crack a Crackalacky, if you're using an American accent. Well, crackalacky. If you are Mark Miller. If you're Mark Miller. It may be slightly already inebriated. Yeah. Space Age, single malt whiskey. We have a 17 and a 23-year-old age statement in front of us. Couldn't decide which one we liked better, so we put them both on the table. And we're we're very fond of them. We've been guilty of being so in love with Isla that we sometimes forget about – Highlands and Speyside Malts. And there was an effort this year to get a few more of them on the back bar and to explore a little bit better. And I think, like anything, it's you get the same stuff over and over again. You think all Highland Malts are like the four or five that you, you typically drink. All taste the same. Yeah. They're all so sweet. Until you miss stuff like Cragamore, Kleinlish, and, and, and this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we got these and we bought them right away. You were with me. It was the same taste. As I the was, yes. Yeah. 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 We were very impressed by these, mm-hmm. I thought. Um, I mean, let's let's retaste them because I haven't tried these since we actually. Uh... Mark doesn't work there. So, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. You know, I, I don't really call what the taste like on so. Saturday during Jingle Fest, and it was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. So yeah. this is the Kragalaki Seventeen. Mm-hmm. So the distillery sits firm in the heart of Speyside, so right in the center of that triangle that the Speyside kind of forms, um, with characteristic fruit and grain notes of the Highland, but it's also super robust and it does have like a nice smoky flavor from the barrel char on the yeah. seventeen year. It's not a peat smoke; it's definitely a, no. a barrel smoke. Yeah, almost like the way that you'd get an extra char barrel. You know, so, uh, mm-hmm. smell and taste of that. Sorry to reach across. No, it's okay. The Krakalaki or Krakalagi, so C R. AIG, Craig, if you've got the name of it, but Craig is um, a rock, so it's the name of a rock, or just Scots Gaelic for rock, I should say. And the distillery itself sits straight on top of that rock in the center of the triangle. It's a really big rock. At the um, confluence of the Fiddick and the Spey Rivers. Um, and I've, I love it a lot. I get a ton of pineapple out of it. And I don't know if that's just because yeah. I love pineapple and that's the tropical fruit that I taste out of it, but generally get a lot of tropical fruit. Um, very inviting, and then that smoky robustness at the very end uh, from that extra char in the barrel. It's a 46% ABV. So we'll do that alcohol by volume, which makes it 92. Yes. Proof. Yeah, so relatively mild. And I mm-hmm. think you're right about that that tropical fruit. It just kind of leaps out. Yeah. And there's a lot of there's a lot of fruit sweetness in this to go along with malt sweetness and yeah, I, I think absolutely. that i think smoke is right but it's not peat smoke and that's the thing mm-hmm. that you have to kind of you kind of have to differentiate when you're thinking about what you like and even with peated whiskey and non-peated whiskey there's smoke there's like sea smoke there's salt there's brine yeah. there's like there's that illusion of iodine that some people some char, people get yeah. char and then like actual like barrel char smoke which is not like earthy peat smoke yeah about this whiskey that made me super excited about it when you got it on the back bar is because of the, the, the way that they malt and use their malt for their product. So it's not supplied to any other distillery, has a uniquely heavy character, and they use a Steinecker mash ton, which is like an old school ton. It's a lot deeper and um, it allows like a lot of the grain product itself to sit shallower, like so up at the top of the mash. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they like fine, like almost fine grain their malt and that gives it so much more cereal malt flavor, they say, because it's the surface area. It'd be the Interesting. same like if you're using dilution. It's the opposite, yeah. right? 
So that I think is really interesting. Cool. Really, yeah. really interesting about that distillery in particular. That's science. Yeah. It is science. And it's working for you. <laughs> I've been blinded by it. Mm-hmm. Blinded by it. <laughs> You're welcome. Stop. Stop. Hey, I was going to make a Dwayne the Rock Johnson joke earlier, which I withheld. So, you watched wrestling, didn't you? No, no, no. But the rocks and everything. I can see you watching wrestling. All of the films now. Like back in the day. No, 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 no. Out back in the middle of Byron. No. Wearing like some purple and yellow like underwear thing, like (laughs) leaping off of your porch. No, I did just watch. Um, what is the name that tread? Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Okay, I've not seen that yet. And yet. Emily Blunt. I've seen it a lot. Surprisingly pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little feel good movie, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get right on that. <laughs> I'm going to need you to work tonight so I can go and watch Jungle Cruise. <laughs> the other cute little story that the 23 year old bottle had. So the 23 year old bottle, um, I don't know if you guys want a pour or anything like that, but it's going to have uh, a little bit more refinery to it, a little bit more viscous waxiness almost from that malt as well. Yeah, I went straight to that, actually. So yeah. my, my comments were um, based on that. So they have a stillhouse cat that would sit on top of those vats that I was talking about from the first bottle that they used in their malts there. Um, and when the cat got off of the vat, cat gets off the vat. That's alliteration. Dr. Seuss thing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when they knew that the grain and all that was ready because probably the air pressure would have been agitating the top of the... And the cat would be like, And no. the cat's like, nah, I'm not into this. How much so, cat is in this cute. whiskey is the question. It's at well, it's least not, 70% cat. At least 70%, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not old Tom, so maybe zero. Oh, I won't, I won't accept there being no cat in this whiskey. <laughs> yeah, beautiful, lovely Speyside. Crack-a-lucky. There is a... And get some. In the 23 compared to the 17, there's a much more present kind of like dark barrel char flavor to it yeah for sure sitting longer in those barrels yeah the other good thing about Kragalecki is that it is also part of that Bacardi portfolio so yeah you will be able to find it I think um going forward there's money behind it hopefully so yeah and there's a 12 too isn't there we taste a 12 that we didn't we did 13 13. the 13 was really nice because they do they do odd numbers yeah I think she said that yeah yeah yeah, we did. We tasted the thirteen and really liked it, but we actually skipped right to the seventeen and twenty-three because they were so good. So yeah. yeah, you should be able to find Crackalucky out there. These aren't cheap. Um, they're but two they're of the more expensive ones that we have on the on the table today, but they're well worth it. Crackalucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I flipped a Glen uh, Glenlivet eighteen drinker to Crackalucky seventeen a couple weeks ago. Oh, he was nice. pretty into it. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what you'd like to talk about next? Uh, probably. Maybe this guy right here, un- unless we want to do these, because mm. well, these are really sweet. Well, I think I we do Balvenie and sweet. then... Okay, so Balvenie, two um, labels from Balvenie, both of which, one was an older label that we kind of just rediscovered and put back on the back bar. It's been around for a while, the 15-year single barrel, and then a 21-year-old single barrel, both from the Balvenie distillery, which is still maybe my favorite Space high, high yeah. distillery. The the richness and the use of sherry and just how complete they feel on my palate is, is something I've always really loved. Yeah. Um, that's also, uh, so Dufftown, Scotland, we talked about for a moment earlier. The Balvenie distillery is located in Dufftown. William Grant and Sons owns it, as we said before, I think as well. It was founded in 1892. It's one of the older distilleries there. Um, they produce lots of incredible whiskey, but that 15-year, if you love sherry finish, is just, it's so dark in comparison to 
Mm -hmm. It is hugely sherry. It's uh, it was finished in exclusively Oloroso European Oloroso sherry casks um, for several years, and uh, wow, it's another one of those that is bottled straight from the cask. So there's only 800 bottles that are exactly like that one, because by the next cask, um, they'll have started a new barrel, so mm -hmm. it's not quite the same. Yeah, that's that's definitely sherry heavy on the palate for mm -hmm. sure. Sweet. Uh, dried fruits. Um, you know what makes me want to say? Black currant jamminess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yeah. We have to buy copyrighted songs because Mark Miller keeps singing them in this. No, actually, um, <laughs> when you cover a song, you don't legally have to get the artist's approval to do ah, it. Is that only if the recording is playing or something? Uh, yeah, like if you're using a recording, so we can sing whatever we want. We can sing whatever we want because we're probably singing it off key anyhow. But if that, but if that goes, if we start monetizing that, then we have to pay royalties. If it was, if we're playing the song. Oh, okay. But we can just, you know, spit it out of our mouths. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn a few songs for the next one. Excellent. Yeah. The other one for this. I can't play an instrument, so somebody else. But like for example, Weird Al, he only asked for permission from artists because just to try and maintain a good relationship with them. Fair. Because his songs are generally pretty popular as far as well, and parodies too. Parodies, yeah, that's true. So the difference between the 15 and the 21, aside from age, and uh, well, actually, they have identical alcohol contents. Is the barrel? Yeah. So you've got you've got the sherry cask, and then the 21 years traditional oak. So, for this one, don't they have a 21-year port finish as well? They've done some barrel finishing. They're changing their portfolio a little bit. Like I think the 17-year-old Doublewood yeah. is now gone. Oh, really? And they're, they're mixing a few things up. The 21-year, I believe, is a newer release mm -hmm. in this particular cask. So they may have moved it this year. It might they may be doing year. both. Uh, I haven't really heard, but then again, I didn't ask. Fair. So this was put in a cask when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the cool thing about scotch is you can just kind of like taste the history in it too, you know? So it's like Mark running around in like his tiny shorts and riding yeah. bicycle. Yeah. Oh. Watching wrestling yeah. and jumping Watching off wrestling. the sport. No, it was the Boomafu. It was Dragon Tail. Shout out to the 90 kids. You know what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. About. I don't know what any of that is. What is that? Oh, we forgot the neat. telephone, guys. It's okay. They'll call back. Right. Tell me a little more about this while I go turn up on <laughs> What about the Boomafu? I mean, we can talk about it. Tell me, what, what is it? It's about a lemur. Oh, I don't care. Two guys. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Don't care about that at all. <laughs> um, I still haven't tasted this 21 year though. It's, it's great. So if you're if you're a Highlands malt drinker, you probably know Balvenie. But if for some reason you don't, there are a million different reasons to drink it if you are willing to spend money on good Highlands uh, whiskey. Yeah. A lot of people are drinking Glenfiddich or Glenlivet or McAllen, and I love all of them, but I have a special love on for Balvenie. We don't even, we don't get sponsorship for this. We just get to talk about what we like. Um, we if you want to sponsor us and send us your yeah, your whiskey, <laughs> yeah, specifically Balvenie, we'll talk about it more. You, yeah. So this is just two newer examples to our portfolio on our back bar that we think are just outstanding. They're, yeah, they're killer. And honestly, I would say my preference out of these two, the 21 and the 15, I really like this 15, the sherry cast. Yeah. It's a sexy dram, man. So our rep, my friend Adil Yamin, he actually uh, mentioned to me that the 17, the 15 year rather, is maybe his favorite release really? from the member. Yeah. yeah, I could see it. I find 15 to be a kind of very um, sweet spot year for certain sweeter styles of liquor. So mm -hmm. that's the same. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if this is bad to talk about it right now because we haven't got in yet. But it's when terrible. the pappy comes in, it's terrible. To talk in fifteen years, my who? Who? Who's that guy? Pap- paprika. Yeah. Paprika. When pappy comes in, fifteen years to me has always been the best of them. Yeah. No matter how old I get. Like, Brent Fedex got 25. a really nice fifteen-year release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Solaris. The Solaris. Yeah. yeah. Highland Park's got a great fifteen-year. Yeah. I don't know if I've had that Highland Park fifteen. It's good. It's a it's a pretty big jump. Yeah. from the 12. The Glen, uh, we didn't bring it out here, but that the Glen, Glen Rennie, yeah. 15 year, mm-hmm. that's the, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's brand new. We just got that. Moving on. All right. So now gonna going to travel off the, off the highlands and uh, down to Campbellton, mm-hmm. which is a peninsula, um, kind of south, uh, I'm going to get this right, southeast of Isla, on the yeah. southwest corner of Scotland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mentioned Isla because inevitably the the Camelton whiskeys and some of the other island whiskeys, they're always seen as a, a bridge between uh, Highlands or Lowlands and Isla. And that's partially true in flavor. And I think it's partially just because of the literal geographic placement yeah, of them because they are in the middle. I was going to say, too, that like some of these whiskeys, they really um, show you a lot of terroir from the region, which yeah. we had mentioned in a previous episode is like arguable sometimes. Right. To me, it's always true. But the um, the influence of what's around it is so strong that the islands, Isla and Campbellton usually have at least like 50% similar characteristics. And that's coming from the water, the salinity and yep. the dryness of their climate. Yeah, the literal yeah. air. Because yeah. that's all going into into that barley, you know. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's how I see it. Right. At the end of the day is what so you're, what you're well. drinking. Yeah. You're drinking those and things. I think, I, I mean, even in a distilled spirit, I think to deny that completely and to say it's absolutely not true doesn't make much, it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, I know I can't prove it. I can't prove what people taste. To me, even from a chemistry standpoint, it makes more yeah. sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So a couple of things about this particular release from Glen Scotia, which is one of the more famous uh, distilleries on uh, Campbellton mm-hmm. uh, and probably some of the only Campbellton that we can get in Michigan now that... Uh, Springbank is unavailable. That's right. Springbank, you yeah. got to come back, man. Your shit's awesome. So, uh, Glen Scotia, non-chill filtered. Victoriana is the name of the release. We're at cast strength at 108 proof, and we have also been finished in deep, deep, deep charred oak. Mm-hmm. So, you're seeing a, a cask similar to American whiskey aging. Right. You're seeing cast strength, non-chill. It's a big, rich, heavy whiskey. Yeah. It's got a ton of character, but it's got a ton of mid-palate creaminess and sweetness. So I've seen scotch drinkers really latch onto this, and I've seen the occasional bourbon drinker really get into it. I've got in my notes that it was um, handpicked by Ian McAllister from Select Cask of their Reserve Cellar. So some of those older whiskeys have been popped in there, too, with those uh, more older traditional styles of distilling as well. This is a NAS whiskey, non-age statement whiskey. Um, which I imagine will allow him to put it out at the the same creative level. I think every year you know allow him a little wiggle room on what of which one of those reserve casts he uses to accomplish this particular label each time, or just to marry those flavors together. Mm-hmm. Too, yeah. That's something that I did not know is that this is supposedly what their whiskey tasted like during the Victorian era. That's why it's called Victorian. Yeah. 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 In which Campbelltown was known as the Victorian whiskey capital of the world. Ah, I think we mentioned that in the first Scottish region episode. Did we? Oh, yeah. How, yeah once upon a like time, a small, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was so long ago, probably about 13 episodes. I I've grown oh, so gosh. much since then as a person. I know. You You really have. I, have. I know. I'm, I'm really happy to see Talking it. about Scotch in this episode. I'm already journaling 17.3% more. 
<laughs> and my, qual my quality journal entries are up 52%. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. I have them sent to the board, evaluated. <laughs> I didn't even know you knew that much math. <laughs> I'm going to put that in my journal right now. Yeah, I did one of these on Jungle Fest, so my notes are oak and burnt sugar, citrus in the nose, and a ton of like jamminess, big palate, brightness, sherry. Jamminess oak. is a good description. And it's so like rich right in the middle. Yeah, that savory dark cocoa on the finish. Yeah. Like where it's almost like vegetable. No wonder almost everybody I give, regardless of what they usually drink, tend to like this. Yeah. It's got so, so many great, Super sweet, sweet rich, yeah. and yeah, dessert. It's all over flavors. the place, but not in a bad way. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, you can. You, there's a ton that you already like palate wise that you have in this whiskey to grab onto mm -hmm. and to, to find attractive. Delicious. I think uh, you're in like the 80 or 90 buck range for a bottle, so it's not cheap. That's, I mean, that's not bad though for that for whiskey. What it is. For cask strength, Campbellton single malt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Barrel finished Campbellton single malt. It's super, super great. I would say if you see it, buy it because that's yeah. a phenomenal bottle. Just because of where it's coming from and how how out of left field it seemed when I first tasted it, uh, this is a really a, a, a close finalist for my favorite whiskey of the year. And I've been having a ton of fun selling it to people. Speaking of which, are we going to do whiskey of the year picks, you think? Should we do it? Yeah, probably because we have a big enough staff now to yeah. do it and everybody yeah. likes whiskey. So yeah. I think we'll have some really good picks. Because it can't, it won't just be the three of us. Right. But we'll also, we also have three invested salespeople on the floor. Yeah. All of our servers um, love whiskey. Yeah, Chase, Brenna, and yeah. Ryan. So I think I think we'll get six cool pictures and picks. Why not? Right. Yeah, and shout outs to them because we, as bartenders behind the bar, get a lot of the glory. But those those guys are awesome. Thank guys and gals so. are awesome. Thank right. Well, so. and it's not just it's not just glory because we we make cocktails. That's right. cool. But also, like we're seen as the trusted people to talk about the right. whiskey. Yeah. And. Well, really, all you're doing is representing stuff that's already been made. Yeah. I mean, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it and pour it into a glass for you, and you're mm -hmm. going you know, to pay me and tip me for it. it. Yeah. Right. But that I think that yeah. level of being able to represent the whiskey is really important to on-premise sales. Obviously, that's a yeah. super stupid understatement, but it is it is true. And I think perceived or actual expertise is really important now because there's so much whiskey on the market. Yeah. yeah. So when you see servers really take that ball and run with it and, like, you know, like, no, I mean, you don't need to walk up to the bar. I got you. Like, you're right here yeah, at my table. I'm going to talk to you about it. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm psyched about this, it, too. You yeah. know, I'll tell you which one's you know, and based if we, on the Yeah. Flavor. And if we don't know, we'll learn together. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a cool attitude. It's so fun to watch them do it. That's the thing. We mentioned it in the bar etiquette episode was the how people will come up to the bar to talk to us about it. And a lot of times we'll send them back and say, listen, Brenna or Ryan or Chase know just as much, you know, or if they don't, then, you know, trust them and we'll get to it together. Yeah. But yeah. They're all super into it. Like every they second really they have free, it, yeah. they're studying or cleaning something, which yeah. is great to see. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we've been at this for five years, all of us in, in so this, this bar. Is a, I love our staff and our little bit. Oh, yeah, like yeah. We're just Yay. doing a little, little side note so I can That's finish great. off this whiskey while we get to move on to another one. <laughs> Good filibuster. <laughs> oh, you know. Well done. Well, we only we have three left to do, and yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll get to our big PD boy now because. Uh, there's probably always going to be an Ardbeg on this show or, or a very heavily peated whiskey anyway on this show. Ardbeg was a natural choice because they released uh, the Scorch oh, this yeah. year. She's now, there's mind you, there's two releases to this whiskey. All right, what I'm holding in my hand is the committee release, and that was 103.4 proof. The non-committee release was 92 proof. So the, the tasting notes will be similar, far more muted, 
and a little sweeter in the 92 proof. Mm -hmm. At this point, late in 2021, there's a good chance you're going to have a hard time finding the committee release. Bear in mind, the 92 is great, but we're talking today about the 113. Yeah, and, uh, a different a different whiskey. And it should be noted too, our bag generally does that with all their new releases. Is they'll have a committee release a and then yeah. you know the bigger the market release. Right, yeah. and we will get both. And the committee releases are usually usually bigger, richer, like stronger More, versions. Yeah. yeah. But having sampled them both, the ninety two does a great job. And this is called Scorch because it has a similar barrel treatment to the last whiskey that we talked about. Heavy char, char. Yeah. heavy heavy mm -hmm. char. And this one went over very popularly oh, on our own Ardbeg Day. Went over well when we did the Ardbeg tasting. It was one of the heavy hitters at Whiskey Fest. Uh, my yeah. wife, my wife poured for Ardbeg, and she was pretty much just pouring drum and scorch the whole entire time. <laughs> and it's great it's because Ardbeg has always maintained an extremely creamy mid palate while giving you massive amounts of smoke. So you add to that the the richness of the alcohol content and the massive barrel influence and you've got a, a dram that's just powerful all the way through as much as i know people would argue with me for this statement ardbeg can be a dessert port in and of itself to oh, yeah. me because of that creamy palate like you said but a ton yeah. of robustness it's just, it's just like someone who likes a dessert that's just like extreme yeah it's like super sour or super chocolatey etc yeah this so was just this smoked version of that with a creamy whiskey yeah, yeah. this particular ardbeg i think would pair well with any like heavy chocolate dessert with you know? like a dark richness yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. Because it's got yeah. kind of like a lean, lean dark smoke to it that mm. I think would kind of cut through the, know, the, the fat and richness yeah. you would get in the yeah. dessert. Yeah. So out of all the really heavily peated stuff, this is probably um, my favorite this year that we tried. And <clears throat> don't get us wrong when we say like creamy and elegant dessert. If you're an Ardbeg fan, it's still going to pack every bit of the smoke and, right. and, and oh, yeah. peated punch that you wanted to, to pack. And if you're looking for honey and fruit from your whiskey, you're getting it there, but you're still going to get that punch. Yeah. So, you know, uh, tread well when you're yeah. going for it. Cool product. Probably one of our bags, most complete and uh, well-balanced releases of the last four or five years, which is, yeah. I mean, I'm saying something because our bag is always excellent. Mm -hmm. Do you recall what last year's committee release was? Uh, they had the iron bag last year. Okay. And, and drum was the year before that, right? And black was in between. Black and then which we didn't get any of, unfortunately. It's like the one the one R bag. No, we got one bottle. Oh, did we? And it went super oh. fast. Well, mm -hmm. I think. Oh, I, I know I, I picked one up for home, so I've got one still on my shelf. The Pinot We just Noir. tried it. That came out. Is that COVID. what it was? It was, it was really weird. Pinot yeah. Noir age. Yeah. From New Zealand, so it's the the sheep. Your sheep. Yeah, I don't think I ever tried that. No, we didn't. We didn't get it. It it came out. At a weird time, and yeah. I think it was maybe during like After COVID stuff, yeah. yeah, and like we just we weren't even open to get it. I don't think. Yeah. So our bag was the last one before that, and then drum, and then the re-release of Supernova. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Because they popped Supernova back out uh, for the first time since 2015. So you've you've also seen the um, advancement of the Wee Beastie five year to the core line. So now you have Wee Beastie. 10-year Anno, Corps of Rec, and Ugadol. Those are the flagships. And then the, the core line, rather, that's going to be available year-round, and then everything else will kind of hover around it. Yeah. Nice. And Courtney was talking about complexity in Ardbeg. Probably my favorite expression of that is is that Anno. Like, that there's so much so going good. on in that yeah. with, with bar different barrel aging styles. It's 
it's a very elegant but complex whiskey. I think that was a unanimous whiskey of the year that year. Yeah, when it came out where the yep. whole staff was yep. just and like, like John said, you can still find that because it's part of their core line now. So. Yeah, and it's no more expensive really than the ten year. Yeah, so oh, if you slightly, if you yeah. see a bottle, I would highly recommend grabbing it off the yeah. shelf. It looks like an OA to the American um, purchaser. It's it's A N space O A. Yeah, I know. N-O. Yeah. yeah, body of water, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and last but not least, this is the first two in uh, a series of whiskeys that we're going to see more of. We just, at the time of this podcast, we've only gotten, we only received two of them. So far. Yeah, and there's more coming. But Diageo is on a whole whole kick where they're going to they're gonna put out a new age statement version of one of their uh, classic malts Several. at cast strength. Mm-hmm. So we've received, and we're going to talk about today, the Cardu 14 and the Royal Loch Nagar 16. <clears throat> we still await releases from Mortlock, um, Lagavulin, and Talisker, Talisker, Obin, yeah. and I think that's it. Just my reach here. Yeah. So this is exciting because it's, it, it is a few releases that you're really, really familiar with. Like if you're a single malt drinker, you know Obin, you know Lagavulin, you probably know Talisker. Um, you should know Cardu even if you've never had it because Cardu is Johnny Walker Black Label. It's a big part of that blend, Young yeah. Cardu. Mm-hmm. And then Royal Loch Nagar, for a lot of people, that was maybe the first time they saw it in the um, Game of Thrones dun, releases. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was the Baratheon whiskey, right? It was. Yeah. 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 So everybody yeah. was hot for that one. And then Morlock, um, we talked about it today, but a lot of people don't know it. So it's actually pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah. This is cool. So you've got some like big core classic font labels, and then you've got some of the other ones that are a little bit more obscure, but all of them um, uh, cast strength, all of them age statement. Yeah, so these are all uh, also refill casks, exclusively refill casks for their 2021 special releases called Legends Untold. And it Ooh. usually ha- it has a lot to do with some of the artwork that they have on these bottles, which is quite extravagant and beautiful. Yeah. Um, which I'm try to and actually, I think a side note about this, I'm pretty sure the there's a Talisker release in the same series that mm-hmm. is done by um, one of my favorite artists who does like... Um, video game art and uh like comic book art and yeah. uh stuff like that so he's kind of the, cool the sea dragon art right yeah yeah yep, right yep. so that's this uh i think it's called the spring horse i'm gonna double check that real quick the spring stallion so that's from the royal loch nagar their little legend is about the spring stallion uh as the fable goes royal d side where loch nagar is nearby was blanketed with thick and chilling fog until a proud stallion white as snow tore through the icy veil therefore allowing the warmth warmth of spring to come through um so you're getting uh it's saying from here you're gonna get like a lot of uh sweet grass and, and, and beautiful flavors from that but it's um it's also got this little QR code on the back. And I just tried this earlier. You can actually pour yourself a dram and then have like the story about the stallion being added yeah, that was behind pretty cool, it. Yeah. It's pretty dang cool. I'm not going to lie. That is awesome. Right. This is the future, man. Yeah. QR codes. They're the, the future of whiskey. Then they Soon, do- they'll drink it for you. <laughs> In Soviet Russia. These, were, these are also done, just as a note, by master blender Craig Wilson from Ma- their massive stocks of whiskeys. And then these two already told you about the Game of Thrones release. The Cardu... 14 year tells of the story of the scarlet blossoms of black rock cardio actually is translated to black rock um so on the blackened rock hill grew a mysterious tree with scarlet blossoms allowing sweet aroma of honeycomb and spice uh to be transforming this dark hill into a lush abundance of crimson petals except it wasn't that it was the blood of the innocent everybody knows 
Everybody's covering it up. <laughs> this well, is the first time I've ever seen... we did talk seen... about Helen coming, at, like hiding from the uh, whiskey tax collectors. Perhaps they spilled some blood as well. This is the first time I've ever seen nutrition facts on a whiskey <laughs> container. It's 140 <laughs> Way calories. Way to go, Diageo. Yeah. 140 yeah. calories for a one and a half ounce pour. So that is... Yeah. Not even... Well, we do no. a whole We do a whole yeah. 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 So from the Loch Nagar, which I think is the one you poured for yourself, right? Yeah, yep. Um, I've got, it smells like croissants, croissant, buttery pastry, toffee caramel, apricot, and then dried leaves, which is a weird note that I got on that one. Dried papaya, green grapes, and spicy oak, plus treacle and cereal grain in the flavor, and then a nice zesty finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the best way I could see. That's that all one. spot on there, Booms. <laughs> I was pretty toasty by the time I you got that dram, and yet. You were doing good. I was taking notes. I was mm -hmm. being serious. <laughs> it was extremely cold outside. Where were you going to go? To the bar. <laughs> Come to the bar. Um, at one uh, fifteen proof, both of them, I believe, same proof. They are the exact same. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. So that's another thing that's kind of been more recent. We saw it with the Scotia. We saw it nearly at the uh, the alcohol content of the Scorch that we picked mm -hmm. up, and these two cast strength Scotch is a thing. It's out there. More of them are being released all the time. Can I see that We're seeing much bigger expressions no, the of uh, <laughs> of these single malts. Shut up! I'm trying to talk. <laughs> I don't have to work today, so I'm having fun. <sighs> Continue whatever it was you were saying. Uh, <laughs> do you want a dehydrated apple for that? Hi. Ooh, sure. Ooh, that some, of the, yeah. some of the flavors stir around in there. Give Booms a dehydrator. Everything becomes dehydrated. So so dry. <laughs> But taste. Sorry to interrupt you. You were saying no, cast strength. Strength, cast strength scotch is a thing, and yeah. it didn't used to be. Um, and it's not nearly as like blowing you, you know, to me, some of those uh, cast strength bourbons and rice kind of blow my mouth out, and then mm -hmm. I have very sure. little palate left. Yeah. Um, some of these are. Now you're looking at a lot amazing. different alcohol content, too, yeah. with some of these. Like with the, with the bourbons, you're usually in the 120s. Um, I mean, Elijah Craig just released a cast strength that is being called. Um, uh, slight or weak at a 120 uh, proof because they're, they're used to releasing stuff in the high 120s or 130s. These aren't that. These are going to be under 120, all of them. Yeah, but still you get that nice warming sensation. This mm -hmm. Cardew is nothing but butterscotch and just... It's really yeah. good. Yeah. The dram I had last week I thought was fantastic. And Freaky. it's just cool to see some of these labels do new releases or new age statements or age statements at all and yeah. Yeah, strength versions of them. I'll, I'll take I love it so yeah. much. I think for, for good play a, by a bourbon, like a person who has a bourbon drinking palate, that's why they kind of may have stayed away from scotch because it's lower proof and, you know, it's a different grain. So it's kind of like strange to their palate. Right, now that they're kicking them up to cast strength, maybe it can be a kind of a bridge for those yeah. heavy bourbon drinkers, you know? You've certainly got enough flavor that, that they would like. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Flavor that you can grab onto. It, you still got to get around the fact that these are not newly charred barrels. They're not made from corn. They're barley. It's a it's a different kind of whiskey. But I think there's more to meet those people in the middle with some of these. Husband. I was reminded by a post from Brad Bowers, shout out Brad Bowers, on Facebook about how if you're a bourbon drinker and you don't necessarily prefer the maltiness of scotch, give it a little charcuterie, some cheese and meat, some of yeah, that helps yeah. blend that down so you get more of the sweeter flavors of this too. Mm -hmm. So if that's not your game but you still want to try some, maybe add all the meat and cheese. And everything that you drink changes with what you eat. Yeah. 100%. That's why I was asking about what the coffee eat. earlier too. Like, am I tasting the cocoa because of the coffee or am I actually tasting cocoa? Yeah. I had a dream about Marcona almonds the other night, guys. Because you ate a bunch of them the other <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you They're ate so like good. handfuls If you've never handful. had a Marcona almond, let me tell you, whoo, 
They're, you ate like a whole bowl of Marcona almonds when we were doing that. They're so today. good. Yeah. Yeah, that's like seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I rolled into his labor. It was fun. There you go. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So any other, uh, anything else you want to say about scotch from this year? It was a good year for scotch. Uh, for us, it was a good year for Highland single yeah, yeah. and maltier drams, which is cool. I mean, the, the only bottles we kind of left out of this as far as like new releases this year, oh, I do yeah. want to mention that Glenmo yeah. 15, the Glenmo Orangey 15, I think that was. Cadball. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So the thirteen was the um, cognac, cognac finish. finish. Yeah, mm -hmm. both of them were. Both of them. Right. Cadbol was yeah. amazing. Um, Cadbol, I think. Cadball. Yeah, C A D B O L. It's yeah. it refers to their proprietary barley, which mm -hmm. is what it's made with. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed these Kragalakis. They're also technically yeah. proprietary barley. Yeah. 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 That was they were fantastic, so that's that's a good honorable mention. We did taste the batch eight of the Balvenie Ton fifteen oh nine. It is Always as phenomenal. routinely phenomenal as it is every single year. Yeah, uh, and the new Octomores, I think they're on nine point something. It's eleven one. Ten point eight, eleven point one. Yeah. Always phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you're a big peat lover. You know, smoke. Yeah. I'm trying to look, I'm not looking at the camera because I'm trying to look over at our back <laughs> bar. Oh, oh, and yeah. Rogue's Banquet we didn't pull. Rogue's either. Banquet from oh, Compass Box, yeah. and, you know, a whiskey almost distilled just to be a, like a, meal, a large meal company. Yeah, if you like the taste it was of a grain spice. bottling, did we get it in 2021? Maybe oh, it was right yeah. on. It was, I was right on the cusp say, there. I think it yeah. was right on the edge. That one took us that forever to get. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really it, though. I think we, I think we did it. We covered the big, the big scotch. Yeah. All big scotch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. So cheers to part out. one for the whiskey roundup, yeah. scotch style. Part two will be bourbon and rye. Bourbon and rye. Um, Were these two talking? I just listen. No, don't <laughs> say so much. I'll talk about rye. So, yeah, you like rye. And As you know, if you've watched before, Courtney does not really have an affinity for mm -hmm. bourbon, but it's true. you like rye, right? Can, yeah, and yeah. I like weeded bourbons. There's some that surprise me, so I might, I'll still drink it. I maybe just won't pay for it. Yeah. Courtney and I actually got to spend the morning of Thanksgiving together doing some work stuff. And she so brought in a fantastic fun. bottle of Willet Rye, which was, I think it four was years? Beautiful. Or six yeah. years. Yeah. Four? Six six the six? previous ones were four years. Yeah. yeah. This one was a six year fantastic. bottle. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Eucalyptus blooming. So you like rye. You like some American stuff. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you everybody. Until next time. This is the wrap up on the whiskey roundup part one from Relief from Resource. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Wrap, wrap, wrap up. We did it. 2021. This is the extra up, recording for Jonathan Cole. Our internet has been kind of shitty the whole time, so we're going to see maybe just doing an audio version, but it was 54 minutes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to do because like, I have it always set to my phone's 5G. And that doesn't work, huh? Well, the internet here works even less. <laughs> I do it when I can. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not blaming your phone. Bye, Jonathan Cole. Love you. See you later. You're feeling better. Oh, yeah. yeah I